Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast, the Your Unbelievable Edition. As we look back at an astonishing performance by Baltimore quarterback Lamar Jackson in the Ravens' 49-13 win over the Bengals at Paul Brown Stadium. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, locker room comments, and Dave Lapham will join me for post-game analysis. Plus, in this week's Fun Facts conversation, we'll meet the person under the pads as I'll talk to Mount Wren. That's Bengals rookie, Rennell Wren. All of that is straight ahead, but first, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean. It's the greatest thing since unusual bobbleheads. This past Saturday, UC football fans got their hands on the Tony Pike to Armand Bin's bobblehead, which celebrates one of the greatest moments in UC football history, the last-minute game-winning touchdown pass that gave the Bearcats a 45-44 come-from-behind win at Pitt back in 2009 to complete a perfect regular season. It's a really cool bobblehead, and I'm not just saying that because it includes an audio chip combining my radio play-by-play with the TV call of ESPN Sean McDonough. Here's my idea for a great Bengals bobblehead, and maybe somebody can do this for charity. Picture Sam White in a big parka and a winter hat. He's got his play sheet in his left hand and a microphone in his right. You press the audio button and hear Sam say the following. Well, the next person that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out and get them out of here. You don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. Now that would be a great bobblehead. Let's get to football. Heading into Sunday's game, Lamar Jackson was on a pace to shatter the NFL record for rushing yards in a season by a quarterback. Michael Vick holds the record with 1,039 yards. Jackson was on a pace to top that by more than 200. That's no surprise to the Bengals. In two previous starts against Cincinnati, Jackson had rushed for 119 yards in the first game and a buck 52 in the second. So, at the start of Sunday's game, the Bengals' defense was geared up to stop the run. The Ravens open the game in a pistol formation. Former Heisman Trophy winner Lamar Jackson with another former Heisman Trophy winner Mark Ingram behind him. Jackson looking to throw. He fires deep down the middle of the field. Over the shoulder catch made at the Cincinnati 30-yard line. A gigantic play to begin the game as Hollywood Brown used his blazing speed to get behind the Bengals' secondary for a 49-yard gain. Baltimore's opening drive consisted of five plays, a Lamar Jackson run that lost one yard, and five passes that gained 76. I-formation backfield on third and goal from the two. Jackson fakes a handoff, throws, and it is caught at the goal line for a touchdown by Mark Andrews. Here's Sam Hubbard on the Ravens coming out throwing. They have the number one rushing attack in the NFL. Um, you know, we anticipated them running, trying to run the ball down our throats, and they, you know, they came out and did a great job passing the ball. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson can obviously run it and showed he can throw the ball too, so credit to them. That really puts you in a bind, doesn't it? I mean, there's, there's no way to stop the run unless you are loading up to try to defend it and then he showed his passing ability 
Yeah, plus he had a lot of run play options and uh, play action passes, which, you know, we're first thing you got to do is, like you said, stop the run. But uh, they did a great job of, you know, having the passing attack off of it. The second time the Ravens got the ball, they went to the ground game. A 12-play drive consisted of 10 running plays. But the big play on the drive was another Lamar Jackson pass. Jackson with all day to throw, whips a fastball to Boyle, breaks a tackle, charges toward the end zone, and gets tackled at the one-yard line. Jesse Bates gambled and lost, lost badly. I talked to Jesse after the game. Is Jackson better as a passer than people give him credit for? Oh, absolutely. Um, I played against him in college for, I mean, my whole career there. So, um, you know, I, I've got a little familiar with Lamar. Um, playing against him, so I've seen him sling it for years, and I've seen him run it. Um, I mean, you just don't see a lot of running quarterbacks, and when he runs, everybody just thinks of that. So uh, I think he's very dynamic when once you get him outside the pocket throwing the ball. The 35-yard pass to Nick Boyle led to a one-yard touchdown run by Mark Ingram, and Baltimore led 14-0 at the end of the first quarter. A Randy Bullock field goal put the Bengals on the scoreboard early in the second, then Jackson went right back to work. Now the tight end, Hayden Hurst, motions from left to right. Lamar Jackson fakes an inside handoff, throws toward the end zone, and Mark Andrews is wide open for a Baltimore touchdown. It was 21-3 Baltimore, and at that point, Lamar Jackson was 10 for 10 for 171 yards with two touchdowns and no picks. That was impossible for Ryan Finley to match in his first NFL start, but the Bengals were able to move the ball thanks to Joe Mixon. Finley hands it to Mixon, and he charges for the first down. Boy, he hit the line of scrimmage with a head of steam, and forward progress took him to the Baltimore 48. He took off like he was running a time 40-yard dash. I mean, he said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through the, the Great Wall of China if looked, I need to. Looked like uh, a drug bust with a battering ram. <laughs> Boom! Mixon ran angry all afternoon carrying a career-high 30 times for 114 yards against the NFL's second-best run defense. Far and away, his best game of the year. My teammates, they count on me, and, I, you know, they expect me to be 100% and available each and every snap. And, you know, the opportunities that I get, you know, I just try to make the most of them and, you know, try to keep them up. I mean, it's tough out there, but just got to keep going. I mean, you see what we could do. Um, like I said, man, I just only hope to – you know, keep building on the performance and in the run game and, you know, being available and going hard for my teammates, man. I take pride in this stuff and, uh, you know, I just, you know, I just want to win, man. And I just want to put my team in the best position possible. That's it. Mixon's hard running helped the Bengals drive into the red zone where a touchdown was scored, but not by Cincinnati. Finley dropped straight back to throw, looking for Erickson. Oh, no. Intercepted. Humphrey running it back. And it looks like he'll take it to the house. Make that Marcus Peters on the run back, and it's his second pick six as a member of the Baltimore Ravens. And man, I'll tell you what, Ryan Finley got stroked. LJ Fort put a block on Ryan Finley. Oh man, took him off his feet, destroyed him on that uh, on that return. It was an 89-yard return that made it 28 to three. Here's Ryan Finley on his costly INT. That was just a good play by Marcus Peters. Um, Kind of just can't leave it, uh, can't leave it on his back hip like that, and and inside. Um, so uh, that, you know that's that's completely on me. I gotta I gotta take that off the tape, and then uh, kind of just ball security. You know we talked about it. So um, ball security is at a premium. To his credit, 
Finley bounced right back and drove the Bengals 70 yards for their first TD. Finley waiting for a shotgun snap back at the 11-yard line. Hopkins fires it back. Finley throws into the end zone for Eifert. He leaps. He comes down with the ball. Touchdown, Bengals, as he used his size to go up and over Brandon Carr and haul in Ryan Finley's first career touchdown pass. Finley finished 16 for 30 for 167 yards with a passer rating of 66.9. His only interception was followed immediately by his only touchdown. Bad plays are going to happen. That's about as bad as it gets. Uh, you know, on a good drive, about to go score and pick six. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? You got you to bounce back and, you know, lead touchdown drives. It was a 28-10 game at the half. The first time the Ravens got the ball in the third quarter, Jackson provided a highlight that few quarterbacks in history can match. Second down and three, Jackson Fakes a handoff, runs to the left. Here he goes. He's to the 40. Great spin Whoa. move to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Wow. What a run Unreal. by Lamar Jackson. As good as it gets in the National Football League. I'll tell you what. He had two of the tightest spins like a whirling dervish. That 47-yard sprint made it 35-10. to 10. Here's Sam Hubbard. You know, I think he solidified his, you know, himself in the MVP race. And, uh, you know, there's a reason for it. He's one of the most dynamic and you know, electric players in the NFL. And Jackson wasn't finished. Baltimore has it at the Cincinnati 20. The Ravens go with an empty backfield in five wides. Cincinnati sends a blitz. Jackson throws before getting hit. It is caught in the end zone by Hollywood Brown for another Lamar Jackson touchdown pass, his third of the day. Jackson finished 15 for 17 for 223 yards with three touchdowns, no picks, and a perfect passer rating of 158.3. It's the second time he's done that this year, making Lamar Jackson the first quarterback in NFL history to have two perfect passer rating games in the same season. Safety Sean Williams did not hold back with his praise for Jackson after the game. How hard is it to defend Lamar when you gear up to stop the run and then he comes out winging it around at the beginning of the game? I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's not, but it's damn near impossible. I mean, it's hard. I mean, he's he's hot right now, man. I mean, he is who he is. Pro Bowl, All-Pro, MVP. He's a candidate for all of that. So, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know how to stop it. Is he a better thrower than most people realize? Absolutely. I mean, the throw that he made on their far sideline to the tight end 81, I'm standing right there, and I'm like, he threw it at such an angle, and I'm like, holy, like, how did he complete that? I don't know how he completed it, but he did. I mean, look at even the one that he completed to Je- on Jesse. Like, I thought he threw the ball underhanded, did he? Sidearm. Yeah, I mean, like, I caught the like last glimpse, and I'm like, holy. Yeah. And then... You had the running threat, that 47-yard run he had with a, a tight spin move. Uh, that's about as good as it gets for a running back, much less than a quarterback. Absolutely. I mean, like, you, you were just talking about the quarterback. Like, you haven't even, like, got to, like, Mark Ingram and how he can, like, what he could do. So, I mean, they, they have multiple as multiple threats could get. So, I don't know what to tell you. I, 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 I don't he- know how to stop it. I, I don't he- know anyone that knows how to stop it. I hear the respect in your voice. I mean, it's it's a grudging, hey, right now it, it's almost impossible. Yeah, it is. I mean, like Coach said, like that team might go to win the Super Bowl, go to the Super Bowl. I mean, they, 
I mean, like I said, I don't know how to stop it. They're hot. They have probably like the MVP quarterback. I don't, I don't know. So when their fans are chanting MVP, you're thinking, yeah, you're right. I, I mean, he got my vote for He got my vote, <laughs> definitely. I mean, he's definitely the best that I've faced this year. And hats off to him and what they're doing over there. And, and you know, when he can do that and put up those points and look at the defense, look at what the defense can do when you playing with a 20-point, 30-point lead, you just tee off. You blitz and you, you, you get more confident. You got nothing to lose at that point. So that's why you see Earl making the plays. Um car making the plays and just the rest of them so that's what it is it's the other side of the ball I know you guys are working on you know doing your thing but are you excited to see Joe have the kind of game that he had today I mean not only Joe it's just um, the other 11 include other 10 including Joe like nobody's quitting nobody's surrendering nobody's nobody's giving up like you're still pushing forward you're still winning well trying 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 to win your one-on-one matchups trying to win a football game so that um proud of even on defense like we never we never like quit lay down like no one tapped out you still gotta play football you gotta like the last 14 minutes of the game you gotta tackle you know that they're gonna get it they're gonna get in their personnel they're running personnel they're gonna run the ball so what are you gonna do the game's final touchdown was scored by the ravens defense shotgun snap back to finley retreats in trouble sack loses the ball scooped up and running it back for Baltimore is Tyus Bowser, and he'll run it into the end zone for a Ravens touchdown. Oh, boy. A fourth-quarter field goal by Randy Bullock made the final score 49-13. The Bengals are 0-9. They've tied a franchise record by losing 11 consecutive games. And since the Dolphins and Jets both won their second game of the season on Sunday, Cincinnati's chances of having the number one pick in next year's draft got a little bit stronger. The Redskins have the second worst record in the NFL at 1-8. and eight. After the game, Dave Lapham spent four minutes with Zach Taylor. Obviously, you know, it didn't unfold the way you uh, wanted it to. The, the two turnovers that, that result in touchdowns, I mean, you know, I talked with Ryan about it. He knows, you know, he's got to take care of the football a little bit better than that. But the positive, I saw, you know, it didn't, the kid doesn't seem like he gets rattled. I mean, he went out there and had some good snaps for you. But if he eliminates those, I thought, in terms of changing protection, seeing what he was supposed to see, I thought it was pretty good. There was a lot of positives he had there, and, and just the biggest thing going forward is not making the same mistake twice. You know, he threw a pick six against a corner who uh, he really identified cover zero, got us out of a bad play, tried to get us to a check we talked about, and you got Marcus Peters who's got a history of doing that kind of stuff. He did it, and, and credit to him, he made the play. Um, there was a lot of things to be encouraged about from Ryan. I thought his preparation over the course of the week, he really hasn't taken any reps over the last eight weeks. And so for a guy to get the reps this week against one of the top defenses in the league, and he did a lot of really positive things, and it's just something we got to build on going forward. I saw you sprinting down the sideline looking like you were trying to call a timeout. Was it just the play clock winding down, or did you see something you didn't like? Or? Well, it was it was a tough look. He was getting us to a check we talked about. And, again, I was concerned that we were going to run out of time there, so I was ready to call timeout. But uh, they, they made a play there. In hindsight, man, if the official had – did he not grant it or just – Trust me, there's a lot of things in hindsight that you wish had gone differently. And um, you just have to be able to move on to the next play and, and not, not – like you tend to get not not focused on what could have just happened there and um it didn't happen they made a play we got to move on and respond when i thought the next drive we did we went down and scored a touchdown and ate up all the clock before the half we were going to get the ball back um down 28 to 10 and and again we just had to turn over and downs there to start the half the running game two weeks in a row you know rams outrushed the rams outrushed this football team 
I thought you made a good little adjustment with the blocking uh, scheme and the three technique. I've talked to everybody about it, but doubling that three technique and then pulling the center around it, you guys got some mileage out of that. Joe read that out pretty well. Yeah, I, I thought Jim Turner did a great job with the play in the last two weeks, um, putting us in position to be able to get the running game going. And we've seen all season that we were we were close, you know, and, and nobody wants to hear that, but we've known it and believed it. And so the last two weeks it started to pay off, and, and we know that we're trending in the right direction there. I guess what can you say about Lamar Jackson? I mean, he'll he'll dazzle you with his feet, and then he today had a perfect quarterback rating. I mean, the kid, the kid's playing some ball. He's special. He's playing with a lot of confidence. The team's playing with a lot of confidence. You can't afford to make some of the little mistakes we made there in the second, third quarter that that really put us out of it against a team that's playing like that right now. And um, he's he's dynamic, and and I'll be interested to see what people do to try to stop him the rest of the way. When he runs the football, he's like Barry Sanders. You know, my, my pregame was like, don't let him run. He's the Barry Sanders of running quarterbacks. Make him throw it. Man, I ate my words. You know, I mean, the dude can throw it. He did. I mean, he's – and those guys those guys play well for him. Some of those tight ends made some of the most impressions, impressive catches I've seen all season. And so he really is just elevating the players around him, and you're getting the best from all those guys. And, um, you know, it's, it's a team that we can't make the mistakes we made against if we want a chance to win. That run that he had for a touchdown – when he had the, the tight spin, I mean, man, that's gonna, that, that's a video game thing right there. It is. It's hard. We got to be cleaner tackling. There was a couple examples and some of those touchdown runs where we got to do a better job of, of you know, wrapping up and driving our feet and, and winning those 50-50 tackling battles, and we just didn't get it done today. The way the running game is starting to, you know, get unlocked a little bit though with a young quarterback, it's any quarterback's best friend. With a young quarterback, it's his best best friend, right? It is. You know, it's it's something we got to continue to to harp on and. Um, find ways to, to be creative and, and create some opportunities for ourselves and uh, build the play actions and the nakeds off of that stuff. But uh, step in the right direction in that regard. It's good to see Tyler Eifert get a touchdown reception. That was, uh, you know, he, he, he's a mismatch. I mean, he's tough. He's tough in the red zone. It is. No, it's, it was a great ball, a great ball by Ryan, first of all, and a great catch by Tyler, and he got two feet in. And, um, we, you know, we needed that at that point in the game, so he stepped up. Defense, Coach, uh, I mean, it was in the fourth quarter. They were averaging 10 yards a play, and they'd only gotten to third down like three times. I mean, they were so productive on, on first and second down. Is, is it just is it a matter of better tackling? Is it a matter of being in the right gap? Is it a matter of everything? What is it? There, you know, the, there were some examples of tackling. There were some examples with the ball in there. We're in position to make a play. It's it's one-on-one. You got that guy in man coverage. You got to step up and make the play, and they did, and we didn't. And that's really what it came down to in a lot of examples. Now time for post-game analysis, and we start by discussing Lamar Jackson. His passer rating for the season is up to 101.7. He's on a pace to run for 1,248 yards. And in his first 16 starts for Baltimore, the Ravens are 13-3, including 3-0 against Cincinnati. He is his own video game. He is, you know, in college, it was a man amongst boys. In the NFL, for him to make it man amongst boys, he's doing what he did in college. It's, it's unbelievable. He won the Heisman in college and tracking to be a strong MVP candidate, obviously. And he made me eat my words. You know, I said in the pregame, he's Barry Sanders running it, make him throw it. <laughs> Perfect quarterback rating, three touchdown passes. I mean, he, ha- he had two incompletions. And like you said a few times during the game, one of them was a spike to stop the clock. Unbelievable. And uh, the one that... The other one that fell incomplete, he gave him a chance. It was a perfect ball, and he's throwing from different arm angles. He's slotting his arm differently. He is. He's a freakazoid, and, um, you know, everybody's saying, is he changing um, how they're going to run offense in the NFL? 
find another one like him. He, he's, not, he's not one in a decade. He's one in a millennium. I mean, the guy is like, he's, he's, he, he's as good a, a runner of the football quarterback I've, I've seen, and he's proven himself to be way better than the average throwing it. And I think the Bengals are happy they don't have to see him again this year. No question. I mean, the first time they saw him, he went for 152. So, you know, I'm thinking, don't let him be Barry Sanders again. Make him play quarterback. All he does the next time they see him is he pitches a 158.3. He know, you know, perfect game. Tom Seavers him. I mean, it's like, what can't this guy do? So, and Greg Roman, got to tip my cap to him. Even in the passing game, everything is very simple. Utilizing the tight ends. His tight ends made great plays for him. You know, he's got uh, Hollywood Brown to make the speed plays. He's got the big tight ends that are controlling the middle of the football field. I mean, play action, when they run play action, it is legit because they can hurt you so bad running the football. You have to respect it. And there's huge cavities between linebackers and safeties. And, man, and, and Lamar Jackson, Dan, he's – he can throw, you know, the Quisenberry, he can throw over the top. He can throw anywhere he needs to throw it. He changes his arm slot, his arm angle, and he's very, very special, very unique guy. There's no question. The Ravens were the number one running team in the NFL coming into the game. So Baltimore on the opening drive begins with a 49-yard pass. They had 75 yards to score a touchdown on their first drive, 76 passing, minus one rushing. You have to load up the defense to stop the run, and that gives Lamar Jackson wide-open targets. Great great call by the uh, by Greg Roman and the offensive staff to say, okay, let's go contrarian. We gashed them running the football. We know they're going to crowd the line of scrimmage. They're going to take away that running game. Let's just, let's just make them alter their game plan right away. Let's throw it over their heads. Hollywood Brown won Hollywood. He went over the top. And Lamar Jackson laid one out there for him. So, yeah, it's like, uh-oh, you know, now what? And, um, you know, then the defense comes up and with two takeaways for touchdowns. So they outscore the Bengals defensively. Uh, Bengals only had one touchdown in the day, and they had two. They outscore them 14 to 10 to complement what's going on with that offense. So the Ravens right now are playing complementary football. They're playing as well as anybody in the NFL right now, five-game winning streak. And, you know, when they go to Seattle and beat Seattle, and they beat the Patriots on Sunday night football at Baltimore. That's a legit football team. Found out how legit today. Ryan Finley made his first NFL start. He threw his first NFL touchdown pass to Tyler Eifert. What were your overall impressions of his performance? Obviously, you know, some, uh, some good, some very bad. You know, you certainly don't want to throw the interception. Uh, talked to Zach in the postgame about it. He was frantically sprinting down the sideline trying to call a timeout because he thought the play clock was going to expire. And he said that, that Finley made a check that they had, in, and he made the right check. Peters just made a better play. And that's what a, you know, a Pro Bowl-type cornerback will do, bait you a little bit and break on it, and he, and he made the play on him. And, and then ball security in the pocket you know, is, is going to be something that, uh, that he's going to have to learn. And, and the key is don't repeat those mistakes. You know, learn from them. And in talking to Ryan in the locker room after the game, you know, he said, man, I saw and learned a lot today in terms of, I mean, not just audibleizing out of one play to another, but one protection to another because Baltimore does so much, and they change things, you know, during the course of your cadence even. So uh, Trey Hopkins was throwing a lot of compliments at Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley throwing a lot of compliments at Trey Hopkins, you know, the way they handled all that part of it. So there was some good. Uh, and, and Ryan, I thought, you know, game management for that part of it was great. And then the other thing is when you have a tragedy, how do you handle it? Do you assume the fetal position and 
roll over and play dead the rest of the game, or do you do something about it? And after the first one, he went on his touchdown drive and responded. So they move the ball. They just, you know, have to make more plays again in the red zone. It was good to see Tyler Eifert catch a touchdown pass, but uh, they had that touchdown in the red zone. Other than that, they had two red zone penetrations where they got nothing. They had to pick six and lost the ball on down. So you have to be more consistent. They're, you know, 33%, that's what they were coming in. That's last in the league. You might think it's hard to find a positive after a 49 to 13 loss, but there was one and an obvious one on Sunday at Paul Brown Stadium, and that was the running of Joe Mixon. 30 carries, a new career high, 114 yards, the first time this year he's cracked 100. Yeah, our good friend Jeff Butch Hobson is going to be disappointed when the Bengals carry it 30 times or more. They're undefeated or whatever. Well, not in this situation, um, not playing a team like, like the Bengals played today. The thing about Joe Mixon that impressed me so much is how hard he ran every single opportunity, even when they were down 30. Joe's bringing it. And, you know, that's going to that's gonna pay dividends at some point in time because, you know, his teammates notice that. And, you know, then, then he starts to – one of the best players in the team, going as hard as he's going, all those things will raise the boat a little bit. So it, Joe's got to keep that mindset, that mentality. Can't get frustrated. Just has to – you know, get after it. And he was really good in the post-game locker room talking about it. Um, you know, obviously he was disappointed and he, he's a winner. I mean, he hates losing football games. He's probably lost more football games this year than he ever lost in high school and college combined by a long shot. So it's a, it's a new ex learning experience for him. But if he keeps running like he did, and I thought the offensive line controlled the line of scrimmage as well as they have all season long as well against a damn good defensive front. So... Those are encouraging signs with the young quarterback trying to find his way in the NFL. Up next, a road game in Oakland against the 5-4 Raiders. And since the Chiefs lost to Tennessee on Sunday, Oakland is only a half game out of first in the AFC West. Now time for this week's Fun Facts interview where we get to know the person under the pads. This week, it's a massive defensive lineman taken in the fourth round of this year's draft. Time for some fun facts with defensive lineman Rennell Wren from St. Louis, Missouri. You are the son of a police officer, correct? That is correct. Tell me a little bit about the lessons you got from your dad. I mean, really the biggest thing was just being uh, disciplined in the house. Um, my father always told me to, you know, never – everybody always emphasized on, like, nothing goes on past 12 o'clock midnight. So being able to have that understanding, getting my schoolwork done, playing football, and then coming home – and everything and just starting the day back up, you know, it's a blessing to have a father in my life still to this day. Um, so discipline is the biggest thing. So basically um, I had this em emphasized on I'd rather be taught in the house and be disciplined in the house than being disciplined on the streets. We're visiting with Rennell Wren. You're a big man. Were you always the big kid in the neighborhood? I was always the big kid in the neighborhood. I really hit my growth spurt during high school. Yes, sir. In youth sports, did the parents of the opposing players wonder if you were older than their kid? You know, the crazy thing is they never came to me knowing or asking if I was, like, older than, like, the other people and everything. They just knew because of my uh, my size. They knew something wasn't right, but, you know, I'm very <laughs> blessed to what I have and everything and just use that towards the football field and everything. So, What were your other interests as you were growing up? Uh, really, I was, a, I was a basketball player at first. So I played basketball when I was seven years old. Played ever since then. Um, I didn't start uh, football until my junior year in high school. So my coach told me, can't do both in college. So 
you rather do basketball or football? And I feel like I was better at football because I couldn't dribble or shoot the ball to save my life. So I just stick to this sport and, and look where it got me. Hey, there's room on a basketball team, though, for a guy that plays defense and grabs rebounds. Yeah, you ain't you ain't lying, but somebody <laughs> my size being 6'4", and back then when I was 215, 220, you know, they, they usually dribble the ball up the court. I was just a postman and doing my thing down there. So the, the, uh, the game changed. Um, I gained a lot more weight. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm in the interior. Uh, and I'm in the, uh, the trenches. We're doing fun facts with Rennell Wren. You attended Lutheran North High School in the St. Louis area. Did you take the schoolwork seriously at that age? I really did. Um, to be honest, I didn't take my grades serious until I started getting recruited for football my junior year and senior year. So I really had to stay in the books, and, you know, I really had to be the teacher's pet to receive the grades that I wanted, but I still worked hard for it. And then, um, thank God, I landed to uh, Arizona State with a D1 scholarship, and, and it led me here. So, All right, so you mentioned Arizona State. You were the top-ranked defensive lineman in Missouri as a high school senior. The Midwestern schools came calling. The University of Cincinnati apparently tried, but you did choose Arizona State. Arizona State. Why? I mean, really, um, when I first took my official visit there, it was just paradise. Um, I forgot who they played, but I remember back in, uh, I think it was 2013 when I was a senior in high school. No, no, 2014 when I was a senior in high school. Um, they, they played some team, but once I got there, um, it was like eight-some degrees in November or December. Um, the hotel was lovely. The campus was big and wide, and um, once I actually got there and committed there and everything and started playing, uh, it, it barely rained there. It was just paradise, sun out, um, not windy, not not chill or, or cold or anything, but it was just hot and just warm and everything, and that's the environment I wanted to be in. So then coming back here to Cincinnati, you know, it's a whole different climate change. <laughs> so I got to uh, adjust to that. But I'm from Missouri, though, so I'm used to it. So just, being, so just getting back to the flow and everything. We're talking to Rennell Wren. During your college career, there was a coaching change, and former NFL head coach Herm Edwards took over. Was that a big surprise to the guys on the team? Uh, really, uh, the crazy thing is, and I hope people don't judge me for this, but I did not know who Herm Edwards was until he got there. Um, but he definitely did change the program around. Um, I really missed uh, the old head coach that used to be there, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business change, and Herm Edwards definitely came in there and did what he had to do, and he's actually doing great than what we did last season, and I just suspect him for the best and for my uh, teammates back then at ASU. So when he first got there, um, you play, he, his, uh, he emphasized on you play to win the game. So he did this thing to players towards if you're not doing your job, you'll just be on an academic scholarship. Um, you can sit on the sidelines or sit in the, um, you know, the seats where everybody else sit at to watch the game. But he treated, he treated us like a pro. So basically, um, if you're not doing your thing, then next man up. Now, it's interesting to hear that he emphasized you play to win the game play because he had that famous speech when he was the head coach of the New York Jets. He stood up in front of the meeting. He said, you play to win the game. So he still does that nowadays, he, huh? He still does that now. Yes, sir. You were a team captain your senior year. Correct. What did that mean? Man, uh, I was really surprised because knowing when I was my freshman year there, um, I had to look after the veterans and all that, and I didn't like I set the example, but not quite the example as I wanted to until I had my senior year. So um, being able to have that blessing for um, the student-athletes to 
bold me to be captain. It just took me to a higher standard to know that um, the things I used to do, I couldn't do, and they're going to lead off my example, not just on the field, but off the field. Off the field is very important because they want to, um, not for not people being judgmental or whatever, but you have to set the standard and you have to do what you got to do in order to, you know, improve and have the people follow behind your footsteps so they can improve as well once you leave out that stadium. After a fine career at Arizona State, you got invited to the Senior Bowl and the NFL Combine. How big of a deal were those opportunities for you? Oh, that was a huge deal. Um, It's a blessing to go to both. Uh, The recent Senior Bowl, it it taught me a lot about discipline and, you know, getting up really because I haven't, like, gotten up there early in such a long time and just being able to, you know, present yourself for a job, you know, is all about um, about interviewing and everything because I never had a job until – I got here and everything. So just being able to know that, you know, you're in the business world now and you got to do your thing because if you don't, they're going to find somebody else and, you know, life moves on. The Bengals drafted you in the fourth round. Describe your draft experience. Man, it was, man, it was great. Um, sitting at home, you know, um, having people texting me saying, you're going to go this round, you're going to go this round. I'm like, man, just relax. I had the butterflies the whole time. Um Got selected day three with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, it's definitely a blessing, and I'm still working towards. I'm still working to this day, and I'm just grateful to have the opportunity to um, be in the NFL. And I just pray that I can just continue to be in this league for a very long time, and, um, and set a standard and, and lead, and just and just do everything I can to you know uh, set myself to um, a successful life after the game of football few more fun facts with Rennell Wren. After the Bengals selected you, defensive line coach Nick Eason referred to you as Mount Wren. Oh, Do you man. like the nickname? Oh, I love the nickname. <laughs> I love the nickname. Just um, just seeing my frame and just knowing, and just knowing what I uh, was capable of doing in um, the football field against Arizona, with Arizona State, they just knew, knew that I was just that big person that could just um, collapse the pocket and just, just stuff the run and everything. So, I'm doing I'm doing well, very well over here. Other than playing football, what are you good at? Man, um, see the crazy thing is uh, I had the football practice and games and all that. I really just go home, play with my dog, have a blue nose pit, and just playing a PS4 to video games and all that, and just relax. On the flip side, what are you terrible at? Singing. I try to sing while I'm in the shower and everything. You know, <laughs> try to vent to myself. Um, we all sound good in the shower, though. We all exactly to ourselves. Um, <laughs> multitask. Uh, I try to be able to do that, but not. I, I don't text and drive. I don't try. I try not to text and drive and right. everything. So, um, being responsible right there. But yeah. Where do you like to spend your money on? That's a great question. You know, I love to save. I love to save. Um, the the biggest thing right now is food. Um, other than that, um, receiving like the uh, the payments that I get from the Bengals organization, I just save that up. And you know, continue to uh, take a day after day and everything. I don't like to spend. I don't like to spend money on anything for real. I'm really just saving for the off season. Take a couple of trips and then after that, get back to work and to training and all that. Your folks would be proud to hear that, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. If you could meet anybody in history, athlete, politician, religious figure, Ooh. who would that person be? Uh, two people I would love to meet. T.D. Jakes, he's a pastor down in Texas, and Joel Osteen, he runs a big mm. church down there in Texas, too. Um, I'm a very um, strong believer in Christ, and I would just love to meet them and have them to pray over me and just being able to have that, not to have that platform as if I'm, like, uh, 
the big person that everybody should look at me now, but just being able to, you know, spread spread the gospel and to continue to do what I do to glorify God in everything I do. Final thing, as I mentioned at the very beginning, you're from St. Louis. Right. Did you ever go up in the arch? I did. I went up there three times uh, during my lifetime so far. Um, did twice. you fit in that little uh, car that they take you up in? I did the past two times. This third time I went, I, I took my girlfriend and my mom and my sister and everything. I barely fit, but we got the job done. Outstanding. I enjoyed this. Welcome to Cincinnati. Thanks for the time. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. That's Rennell Wren. Here's a quick invitation to join us at one of our on-location radio shows this week. On Wednesday night from 6 to 8, we'll be at Goodfellow's Bar and Grill in the Anderson Town Center for the Bengals Game Plan Show. Then on Friday afternoon from 3 to 6, we'll be at Buffalo Wings and Rings, the Beachmont location, for the Bengals Pep Rally Show. A current player will join us at each show, and we'll have plenty of giveaways as well. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. If you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe. And when you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. Five-star ratings are really appreciated and help more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde, and thank you for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.